This is the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast, Episode 13. In today's show, I'm going to be talking about fall allergies. I'm going to share with you the two biggest sources of allergies in the autumn. Then I'm going to give you a list of essential oils to help give you relief from their effects. You're listening to the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast with your host, Liz Fulcher. If you're interested in learning about essential oils, hearing interviews with industry experts, and discovering ways to grow your own aromatherapy business, this is the podcast for you. For more information and show notes, visit the website at aromaticwisdominstitute.com. Now sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and enjoy as Liz shares a dose of aromatic wisdom. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Liz Fulcher. I'm a clinical aromatherapist and a longtime uh, essential oil educator, and I'm your host for the podcast. So today I'm going to jump right into the content because I have a lot I'd like to cover with you. So I live in Pennsylvania, which is in the Northern Hemisphere, and in the Northern Hemisphere it's early, early fall. It's not really fall. That doesn't happen till the solstice. But we're already starting to have fall happen around us with the changing of the leaves and the pollen and so forth. So people are already starting to experience fall allergies. And what I'm going to talk about are the unique environmental issues that happen in the fall that actually wreak havoc with our bodies and manifest those nasty and uncomfortable allergic reactions. So I'm going to give you an outline of what I'm going to be covering. I'm going to talk about what is an allergy, what are the symptoms of allergies. We're going to talk about the two big allergens that we get in the fall, ragweed and mold. And then finally, I'm going to wrap up with a list of essential oils that will help address the allergic reactions that we get from ragweed and mold. So there'll be specific uh, essential oils with specific properties of being antihistaminic and decongestant. Okay, so go ahead and get yourself comfy. You might want to grab a pencil and paper to take notes, maybe a glass of water or a cup of tea. So let's get started with what is an allergy? We all think we know what it is, but I thought for the sake of foundation, let's just start right at the beginning. So here's the textbook definition. An allergy is an overreaction of our immune system to certain substances like dust, pollen, animal dander, synthetic materials, or foods. If you have an allergic reaction to any of those substances or something else, I'm sure you already know it. Some common allergic reactions that you'll experience in the fall are runny nose, watery eyes, sneezing, coughing, itchy eyes, itchy nose, headaches, you might get a rash, you feel miserable, you feel sick without actually being sick or contagious. Now, there are several things that cause allergies in the fall, but there are really two that are big and two that are unique to fall. And those are the ones I'm going to talk about now. The first is ragweed. And I'm starting with ragweed because it is the number one allergy trigger in the autumn months. It is um, an invasive plant that is native to North America, where I live. So that would be like United States and Canada. But it's also widespread in Australia, South America, Eurasia. So if you're listening in any of those countries, this will apply to you as well. The Latin binomial for ragweed is Ambrosia artemisifolia. And what I'll do is, of course, I'll put the 
Latin binomial in the show notes so you can see how it's spelled. And I'm going to put a picture of it as well because I bet you'll take a look at that picture and say, oh my word, I know exactly what that is. I have it all over my yard or I've seen it on the roadside or I've seen it in fields. It is really everywhere. Ragweed likes to bloom eh, like August to November. It sort of gets started in August and starts to peter out really around end of October. So Right now, this, this month, September, it's at its highest. It, it's at its most ferocious for allergies. It blooms in it and then it releases a fine powder called, you already know it, pollen. So the pollen level for ragweed is highest right about now. And if you're allergic to spring plants, you're probably also allergic to ragweed. All right, so you've got this little plant and it's just minding its own business out there, you know, hanging out, doing its thing, pollinating the world, trying to make more plants. How does it cause your allergies? Well, first of all, just like all allergies, a ragweed allergy happens when your body's immune system turns into ninja mode, basically. It mounts this huge response to a foreign substance that's actually harmless. I mean, pollen is harmless, except for when you're allergic to it. So you've got these maturing ragweed flowers that are releasing pollen and you're outside just doing your thing, breathing the air and ragweed pollen in the air enters your nose and your throat and your immune system freaks out as if it was under threat. Now this is, I'm speaking to those who have the allergic reaction. Most of us breathe it in and then our body just gets rid of it. It it just excretes it in the way that bodies do. So if you're a person who's allergic to ragweed pollen, you've breathed it in, it's in your nose, it's in your throat. Now you've got these specialized immune cells that start producing antibodies to proteins in the pollen. And now your bloodstream's getting flooded with histamine. And it's that histamine which creates the terrible symptoms that make us so uncomfortable. Sneezing, sniffling, nasal congestion, puffy eyes. I mean, look at what generally is prescribed over the counter or even by prescription is an antihistamine. So what we're going to look at in a little bit are antihistamine and decongesting essential oils. If you're someone who does have an allergy to ragweed, I really invite you to start paying attention to the pollen count. Pollen count is one of those terms that you hear, I don't know, on the news and with the weather. But do we really know what that is? Well, a pollen count is a measurement of the number of grains of pollen in a cubic meter of air. And it's usually for like a 24-hour period. So I don't know how they do that. I'm sure they have some scientific instrument that can measure that. And now as the pollen number increases, people with allergies are going to start to have an increase in their allergic reaction. So it's really important to be aware of the pollen count. The pollen count can change with the time of day. And it can also change with the weather. So, for example, the pollen count is going to be higher on warm, breezy days, which kind of makes sense. And it's going to be lower on chilly, wet days. And again, if you suffer from allergies, you generally know you feel better when it's raining. And when it's dry and breezy, you're all kinds of congested. The time of day when ragweed pollen is the highest is usually between like 10 in the morning and 3 in the afternoon, which is so stinking unfair because that's when we want to be out and doing our errands and, and enjoying the day. One thing I'd like you to keep in mind is that some places will give a total pollen count rather than a pollen count for a specific plant. So just because there's a reading of a high pollen count does not necessarily mean that you're going to have allergy symptoms because the pollen that they're recording 
may not be from the plant you're allergic to. You can find ragweed pollen counts for your area in two ways. Number one, check your weather. Check the weather section for your local newspaper or just go to weather.com or any weather information website and just put in your zip code and it will actually tell you the ragweed pollen count for your area. The discomforts that you're going to feel with a ragweed allergy. Again, you may have these symptoms and be completely aware of it, but other people may feel like, geez, I always get a cold in the fall. Or, you know, I always start to feel run down in the fall. And you may not be aware that it's actually a ragweed allergy. Ragweed allergy symptoms are, include most commonly sneezing. You have a stuffy nose, a runny nose, and you're sneezing. And it feels just like you have a cold, maybe without the body aches. Your throat might itch. The inside of your ears will probably itch. You may get hives and you will probably have swollen eyelids and itchy eyes. It's also sometimes called hay fever or seasonal allergic rhinitis. One way that you can determine if you're allergic to ragweed, this is very bizarre to me, if you eat certain foods and you feel a tingling in your mouth. So if you eat cantaloupe, honeydew, watermelon, or bananas, and you feel a tingling or like a burning in your mouth, you're probably allergic to ragweed. These specific fruits can cause these symptoms anytime, but usually they'll only happen during ragweed season. So if it's ragweed season, you're eating a honeydew, cantaloupe, watermelon, or banana, and you get this tingling in your mouth, just know that you might really want to avoid being outside when the pollen count is really high for ragweed. Okay, so we're 10 minutes into the podcast. You've probably already figured out if you have a ragweed allergy or not, or you already knew before you heard the podcast. What are some ways you can limit contact with ragweed pollen? So I've got eight suggestions for you. Number one is wash your hands often. Pollen can actually stick to your hands and, and your arms. And maybe you want to make a nice little hand wash with Castile soap and Siberian fur essential oil, which also help you feel better and it'll smell amazing. So wash your hands often. Number two, limit your time outdoors when ragweed counts are high. As I said, between like 10 and 3 or 10 and 4, if you're having a really bad allergy attack, try to not go outside. Number three, wear a dusk mask like carpenters use. You can find them in Lowe's or, or Home Depot in the United States. Any hardware store should carry They're the, the cotton masks that cover your nose. I actually have several around the house. I wear them whenever I do a big cleaning, or especially if I think there's a lot of dust. I wear mine when I change my kitty box. And I put one drop of laurel leaf essential oil inside the mask, just one drop. Especially wear a mask if you have to cut the grass or rake the leaves or you have to be outside and really involved with the environment. It doesn't matter what the neighbors think. It, what matters is how you feel. Number four, do not wear outdoor work clothes in the house because pollen could be actually hanging on the fabric. Number five, shower before bed to remove pollen from your hair. And again, make your own aromatherapy body wash for nighttime with lavender and sweet orange. That will help give you a good night's sleep, but it also helps boost your immunity because sweet orange has a molecule in it called D-limonene, which is great for immunity. Number six, clean and replace your air conditioning filters or your furnace filters frequently. You can also use a HEPA filter. HEPA stands for high efficiency particulate air. HEPA filters will remove a lot, like almost 100% of the pollen. 
Also, animal dander, dust, other particles you could be allergic to. But it's HEPA filters are awesome for getting rid of pollen. So it's not coming into your system and you're not breathing it in your house. Number seven, use a clothes dryer rather than outdoor clothes lines. And it kills me to say that because it's so great to have line dried clothing and, you know, saving the planet with electricity and so forth. But let's be real here. If you're dying from allergies, it's not worth it. A, you don't want to be outside hanging the clothes and B, you could get pollen on your clothing. So use a clothes dryer. And finally, number eight is do a nasal irrigation with a neti pot just to clear out your um, sinuses. Do that like twice a day. I like to use half water, half lavender hydrosol in my neti pot, and that'll help rinse out your nostrils. I'm going to be doing an episode soon on just on hydrosols, and I actually have a video where I'm going to show how to do a, a rinse, a neti pot rinse. Okay, I think I've exhausted all I'm going to say about ragweed and allergies. So now we're going to talk about fall allergen number two, which is mold. I can't stand mold. I I can't stand to look at it. I can't stand the idea of it. Something wet and creepy and crawly and making you sick. When if you see a if I see a, a corner of a basement with a little black in it, I just want to run away. Usually, what I do is just throw a whole bunch of vinegar on it and hope I've killed it. <laughs> anyway, mold is another fall trigger. That is a little easier to avoid than ragweed, mostly because ragweed pollen is everywhere in the air and the ragweed pollen can travel. It can travel for miles actually on the wind, whereas mold tends to be more contained to specific areas and created by damp conditions. Now, I could do a two-hour podcast on mold in the house and basements and so forth, but I'm going to keep this contained to the kind of mold that grows specifically in the autumn and outside. So first of all, mold is a fungus. And like all fungi, it creates spores that float in the air like pollen, and that is how it reproduces. When people who have a mold allergy inhale those spores, the very idea just makes my skin crawl, they get allergy symptoms. And those allergy symptoms are going to be very much like the symptoms from ragweed. As much as I complain, I know mold spores really aren't bad. I mean, they have a job to do. They're a crucial part of nature, and their job is to grow on dead organic matter and break them down. Well, the reason that fall is such a bad time for mold allergies is because we've got leaves falling on the ground, and we've got piles of damp leaves sitting on wet grass, trapping more dampness, and underneath um, it's nasty, and that's where the mold tends to grow. If you've ever raked leaves and you pull back a big pile of leaves underneath, could be a mass of white mold. This is the ideal breeding ground for mold. Um, So fall is like the huge mold-producing season of of the year. For people who are sensitive to mold, this is the worst time of year. Not everyone is sensitive to mold. I mean, it's disgusting as it is. Not everyone has an allergy to it. But I'm I'm talking specifically to people who have mold sensitivity. You really, really want to stay away from the wet leaves this time of year. In fact, watch out for the mold perfect storm, which is a few days of rain followed by warm temperatures. So you've got wet leaves on the ground, you've got moisture, and now you've got heat, the warmth, which helps this mold grow. So what can we do to alleviate mold exposure? It's a lot like the recommendations for pollen. Number one, 
Take showers in the evening before bed to remove any spores that could be in your skin and hair. You know, especially if you're like in the yard and working in the garden and you're close to areas where mold spores could actually be in the air. Number two, use a neti pot. Again, rinse those spores from your nose throughout the day. The idea of having spores in my nose makes my skin crawl. Number three, wear a dusk mask if you need to rake the leaves. So if you are in a position where you've got a pile of leaves, they're probably damp, you have a mold sensitivity, by all means, wear a mask. And again, put a drop of essential oil in the dusk mask. It'll also help protect the inside of your nose. You could use just use something gentle like lavender. And just stay clear of piles of wet leaves, hay, and straw if you can avoid it. All right, so we have taken a good close look at two of the major fall allergens that make us miserable. Let's take a look at how we can get allergy relief with essential oils and which essential oils you want to be using. So the first two essential oils that I would put on the top of the list of your allergy relief arsenal kit are German chamomile and blue tansy. And the reason why I start with these two oils is because they have antihistamine properties. And if you remember, histamine is what gives us so much trouble when we have this histamine release is when we start getting the, the sneezing and the itchy eyes and so forth. My first recommendation for using these two antihistamine essential oils is in unscented lotion. So take one, uh, like a little one ounce jar, add one ounce of unscented lotion, something sort of fragrance-free lotion. I personally love the fragrance-free lotion that's put out by Pompeii Organics. It's all natural. They make it themselves and it doesn't have any aroma and it spreads on really, really well. So you've got your jar, you've got your uh, fragrance-free lotion in it. Now go ahead and add six drops of either blue tansy or six drops of German chamomile, or you might want to do three drops of each. You want a total of six drops of essential oil. Stir it together. Both of those oils are a beautiful blue color, so you're going to have a real pretty kind of robin's egg blue cream when you're done. Your six drops of essential oil to one ounce of lotion is a 1% dilution. Stir it together and take that cream every day before you start your day and just rub it into your face and uh, right across your sinuses and over your cheekbones. I'd rub a little bit in your chest as well. It's entirely possible you're not going to love the smell. I personally like the smell of both of those oils. German chamomile, eh, it's a crapshoot. Sometimes people like it, sometimes people don't. If you do not like it, you can go ahead and add in a couple of drops of something like sweet orange or even a little bit of lavender to make the, the aroma more pleasant for yourself. And this will help to keep the antihistamine effect throughout the day. You might want to keep it with you and add it perhaps again later in the day. Another way that you can use these two essential oils is in a nasal inhaler. Now I'm going to give you a list of decongestant essential oils that are going to help to reduce that inflammation in your nose so you can breathe. The list is pretty long. I'm going to go ahead and read it off, but I will also put that list in the show notes because I don't expect you to remember them all. So if you're going to make a nasal inhaler, you can add any number of essential oils, but I would also make sure that you always add a little bit of German chamomile or blue tansy in your nasal inhaler. So again, the two recommended methods of uh, addressing your allergy relief is unscented cream where you're going to put it on your chest and maybe a little bit on your face and a nasal inhaler. 
And you can make many different types of nasal inhalers. Some can be more uplifting, some can be calmer, but they will all have the effect of helping to, re, uh, helping to reduce the congestion in your nose. So here's the list of decongestant essential oils. Cardamom, cypress, cedarwood, eucalyptus, laurel leaf, spike lavender, peppermint, ravent sara, which is cinnamomum camphora, chemotype 1-8-cin. You'll be real careful that you're getting the right Latin name with that one. You want ravent sara and not raven sara. Rosemary, scotch pine, Siberian fir, and tea tree. They all have a nice decongestant effect. So you want to take your nasal inhaler and add a total of 15 drops on the little cotton wick that comes with it. And then make sure you always go ahead and add one or two drops of either German chamomile or blue tansy in your nasal inhaler. Actually, you know, I just thought of another way you can use these decongesting essential oils, and it's so easy. In a steam inhalation, just get a bowl of hot water hot enough to produce steam and put in one drop of any of those essential oils. My favorite is actually probably eucalyptus. I also like to use Siberian fir and tea tree for this particular exercise. So put your head over the bowl, maybe put a towel over your head to create kind of a tent. Keep your eyes closed and breathe in for a few minutes. If you're so congested you cannot inhale through your nose, then just breathe in through your mouth. Uh, the steam is still actually getting up in your nose. So that's an also a nice thing to do when you're really heavily congested. So there you go. So that's it for um, this week's topic on the two fall allergens, ragweed and, and uh, mold, and some essential oils to help you uh, feel less congested and to help you deal with the histamines that are being released in your system. I hope that that was helpful. And now we come to the segment I like to call Smell My Life. In this little segment, I always like to share some way in which I used essential oils in a real-life application in the previous week. So about five days ago, I noticed a strange wound on my right knee. We're doing renovations in the house. I am heavily decluttering. It's been a really busy time, and I've tended to... I've been falling. I've been tripping over a box. Things are not what they're supposed to be. I scurry around, and there's suddenly something sticking out that wasn't there yesterday. Well... I scraped my knee somehow, and little scrapes don't bother me. I just, you know, I kind of get over them. But this one scared me a little because it was um, very itchy, and it was pretty infected. I could see it was starting to get the red ring around it. And I had this bizarre feeling that I that it could be MRSA. And I thought, well, I'm just going to go ahead and try to, I'm going to start with tea tree undiluted on the, the wound. And sure enough, twice a day, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd put one drop of tea tree on it and I would leave it alone. Before bed, I'd put another drop of tea tree on it. And in probably about three days, it started to scab over. So gratefully, it was not MRSA, just an infected wound that is no longer infected. And now we've reached the little segment called Ask Liz, where you get to write to me and ask me questions and I answer them here on the air. This week's question comes from Julie Morrison, who sent me an email and asked about trauma oil. What is trauma oil and how do you use it? Well, I'm so glad you asked. It's one of my favorite carrier oils, Julie. Trauma oil is actually a proprietary name. Um, I've also seen it sold as anti-trauma oil and 
Trauma Trio. And it's a blend of three organic flowers, calendula, St. John's wort, and arnica, that have been infused in organic olive oil. An infused oil is actually, it's a carrier that has been soaked in flowers or in herbs. So, for example, if you've ever made tea, you've made an infusion. You've just taken the tea leaves and soaked them in water, removed the plant material, and you drink the water. When you make an infusion, you take the plant material, soak it in oil, remove the plant material, and what you have left is the goodness left behind from the the herbs or the flowers. So these three flowers, calendula, St. John's wort, and arnica, are infused in olive oil, removed, and what you have left is an incredibly beautiful medicinal uh, carrier oil that you can then use to put essential oils into it, and then you've got like a double dose of therapeutic benefits. I have a a blog post that I wrote about trauma oil, and I will put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, Trauma oil is great for pain, for muscle and joint pain. It's good for sciatic discomfort, wound care, inflammation. I was in a car accident a few years ago and had a really, really bad uh, bruise on my leg, but I mean like from hip to ankle. My whole leg was black, and I used trauma oil on that every day for weeks and it really expedited the bruise healing. Well, I hope that helps answer your question, Julie. If you out there have a question you'd like to ask me, go ahead and talk to me on Facebook or you can send me an email, liz at aromaticwisdom.com and I'd be more than happy to answer it on the, the, the podcast here. That's it for this week's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I really hope that you are in a position now to have a, some relief from those terrible allergies and share with me if some of these recipes are helpful or useful for you. I'd love to get to hear from you. I love feedback. So until next week, be happy, be well.
Oh, 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 oh,